Hello there, and welcome to Goop Tales. I'm Maria Kalanchini, the founder, writer, and narrator behind these original audio stories. Goop Tales is a storytelling podcast for children, created to ignite your imagination, broaden your horizons, and introduce you to different cultures and exotic animals, while also sparking important conversations about character traits. Hello, everyone. Today, we are going to take a adventure and go to a bayou in Louisiana. And today's story was inspired by Simone. Simone came up with the name of Distrusta. So a not very trusting little goop girl. I'm going to let you hear Simone's suggestion or description for Distrusta right here. Hello, Maria. My name is Simone, and my age is six, and um, my and my goop name is Distrusta, and um, and she carries around a little doll with red hair and a blue dress, and she um, and she goes to Louisiana. And my name is Simone, and I'm six years old. But goodbye. Okay, before we get started with the story, I just want to tell you one very big and very exciting piece of news. I got the first drafts for the very first, first Gooptail book, and it's Gablia and the Turkish Fairy Chimneys. It's a beautiful book. It's fully colored. You'll get to see the entire story come to life with the unicorn and the labyrinth and the Pamukkale Basins, and there are even coloring pages at the end of the book. So that is going to be up for sale very, very soon. I'm gonna put a couple of videos and photos of the first draft on Instagram so you can actually see what it looks like. So make sure that you go to gooptales.com forward slash book so you can be one of the first people to be notified when the book comes out for sale. I am going to sign and send out the first hundred copies myself. So make sure you get on that list. All right, and finally, to see our drawing for Distrusta and the real photos from the Louisiana Bayou, just go to gooptails.com forward slash episode 117. And I will see you there. Gooptails, episode 117. Distrusta and the Treasure of Jean Lafitte. Distrusta was such a wise little one. She was always alert, but still shone like the sun. Her sparkle followed her everywhere. She seemed as if she didn't have a care. But beneath it all, Distrusta was so very wary. Her instincts were honed for anything scary. Chapter One Once upon a time, there was a very perceptive 
Goop Girl named Distrusta. Distrusta was a little ray of sunshine and always dressed to the nines. Her favorite outfit was a yellow shirt and tights with a blue skirt and blue hat and a yellow bow. Distrusta was never without her most trusted companion, Tula. Tula was a doll with curly red hair and a blue dress, and she was the only one in all of Goop World that Distrusta trusted with her secrets. At night, Distrusta would lay in bed and tell Tula all about her day. Today, I was very cross with Yuanda because she wandered off when I was talking to her. She didn't even care what I was saying. When I came home, I snuck a piece of fudge from the candy cupboard. I'm sure no one will notice, and it was delicious. And I thought I deserved it after Yuanda treated me as she did. Don't you agree, Tula? Tula was always quiet with an agreeable smile that seemed to move just a little bit whenever Distrusta spoke to her. Most days were full of sunshine and fun for Distrusta. <laughs> she was well-liked by the rest of the goops and always invited to playdates and parties. But there were days that Distrusta was so on guard that she just couldn't have fun. By nature, Distrusta was very suspicious. And if she saw or heard just the slightest thing awry, her antenna went up and she became distrustful. One very starry night, Distrusta grabbed Tula and took her out in the backyard so they could stargaze together. Just as she was pointing out the Big Dipper to Tula, she heard a noise in the not-too-far distance. Who's there? demanded Distrusta. Before anyone could answer, Distrusta ran inside and locked the door. A moment later, she saw Oblivabob wandering through her yard, staring up at the sky. Distrusta, he called out. Distrusta grabbed Tula and went out to the backyard. She remembered that she had asked Oblivabob to come over and stargaze. There was nothing to be suspicious of. Another time, Sarcasta came to school with a basket full of small presents. She went around the classroom and put a tiny package on everyone's desk. One for you, one for you, one for you, she said merrily as she passed out the presents. When she came to Distrusta's desk, Distrusta asked in a suspicious tone, What is this? Just a little treat to celebrate the start of the winter holiday, said Sarcasta. Distrusta picked up the package and examined it suspiciously. Is it really a treat? she demanded. Sarcasta was taken aback and went into her sarcastic mode. No, it's a stick, can't you tell? She said as she looked at the small round package that most certainly wasn't shaped like a stick. Distrusta frowned and was about to give the package 
back to Sarcasta when she noticed Excitabel opening her package and exclaiming, Oh, chocolate caramels, my favorite. Thank you so much, Sarcasta. Distresta tore open the package to discover chocolate caramels. She was very happy. Sarcasta watched the whole thing and said, You're always so distressful. I hope you enjoy your treat. Distresta just looked at Tula and whispered, You're the only one I really trust. Tula smiled back at her, almost imperceptibly. One snowy winter day, Giggler invited Distresta over for some cocoa and puzzling. All of the goops loved cocoa on chilly days, and puzzling was one of Distresta's favorite snowy day activities. When she arrived at Giggler's, he had the hot cocoa and marshmallows all set up. Look, Distresta, I just got a new puzzle for us. We are going to find gold. Giggler proudly held up a large puzzle box with gold coins and a pirate chest on the front. Distresta clapped her hands together and gasped. She loved gold and she loved puzzles. The two of them began to puzzle. Giggler giggled every time he fit a new piece into the puzzle. He was very good at puzzling. I can't find the lock piece of the puzzle, said Distresta. I've tried all the pieces and nothing fits. Giggler quickly scanned the remaining pieces and found the lock piece. Here it is, he said as he held up the missing piece. That isn't it. I've already looked through all the pieces, said Distresta as she leaned across the puzzle to snatch the piece from Giggler. As Distresta's arm extended over the pirate's chest in the puzzle, it opened up and pulled her downwards into the chest, which then slammed shut with a thud, leaving an astonished Giggler staring at the puzzle. Chapter Two Smooth gold coins slid over Distrusta. She was trapped inside a dark chest full of gold treasure. Distresta felt the shape of a crown and a cross and a long scepter. Everything felt royal and rich and gold, and she wanted to see it. Distresta positioned herself on her back right beneath the lid. She pulled Tula close and whispered to her, We are getting out of here. Hang on. Then, Distresta pushed her feet on the lid with all her might. Ever so slowly, the lid began to shift, first with a tiny creak or two, and then finally, with a huge kick from Distresta, the lid flung open and daylight flooded in. We did it, said Distresta, as she popped out of the trunk with Tula. Looking down at the chest, her mouth dropped open. 
it was even more spectacular than she had imagined. There were glistening gold coins, rubies and emeralds embedded in a gold crown, and a beautiful gold scepter encrusted with diamonds. Distrusta picked up the scepter and held it up triumphantly. I am the queen, and you are the princess, she said with a little giggle (laughs) as she tapped Tula on the forehead with the scepter. At the exact moment that Distrusta tapped Tula on the forehead, Tula made a silent wish that she could talk. Distrusta and Tula were deep in a bayou with large trees hanging above them, almost as if they were watching them. Nothing was familiar, and there were strange noises coming from the bayou. Immediately, Distrusta felt suspicious. Instinctively, she grasped Tula a little closer as she looked around. Tula, I'm not sure about this place. It feels like it could be dangerous, she whispered. And to Distrusta's surprise, Tula responded, It is dangerous. Distrusta held Tula up in front of her and said, Did you just speak? Why, I believe I did, said Tula, who was just as surprised. Tell me, do you know something? Is it dangerous here? asked Distrusta. It is. I don't know why I know this, but I do. We should leave, continued Tula. Oh, Tula, I am so happy you can speak. It must have been the scepter that gave you the power. Let's take it with us, said Distrusta. She took Tula and began to walk away from the large overhanging trees. Distrusta and Tula made their way through thick green plants beneath large trees and through swampy waters not knowing where they were going. Oh, Tula, I am so happy you are with me and that you can talk. I could never do this without you, said Distrusta. I'm always here for you. We'll get through this together, responded Tula. They found a small piece of wood floating on the water, and Distrusta decided to use it as a raft so they could move more rapidly through the bayou. She hopped on and began to navigate the watery swamp with a stick. They moved very slowly because the stick got stuck in the mud over and over. I feel like we're going nowhere, said Distrusta. This muddy swamp is so hard to move through. Try using the scepter. It has power said Tula. Distrusta picked up the scepter that she had placed on the wood raft and looked at it as the diamond sparkled in the sunlight. I can't stick this in the swamp water. It's too beautiful, said Distrusta. No, I mean try using the powers of the scepter to move us more quickly, responded Tula. 
Distresta wasn't quite sure how to use the scepter, but it had worked on Tula, so she pointed the diamond head of it at the little wood raft she was standing on and said, Little raft, you will move wherever I tell you to. She and Tula looked at each other and smiled. Let's give it a try, laughed Distresta. Then she looked down at the raft, pointed the scepter, and said, Go forward. Immediately, the raft glided forward without any assistance. This is amazing. You are so smart, Tula. If you only knew, laughed Tula. Distrusta and Tula spent most of the afternoon navigating through the swamplands, telling the little raft to go left and right and slower and faster. They had a grand time. But after a few hours, Tula said, I don't feel like we're getting anywhere. It feels like we're just going around and around and it's starting to get dark and I'm getting that feeling, that feeling that someone is watching us. It's a dangerous feeling. Chapter 3 Distrusta immediately went into high alert. She looked down at the little raft and said, Halt! The raft immediately stopped in the swampy water. Distrusta and Tula were very still and very quiet, listening for any noise from the swamp. Finally, they heard just the tiniest flicker in the water. Distrusta looked down at the surrounding swampy water. It was covered in green, soggy leaves and floating sticks, as was expected. She quietly surveyed the water around her until she heard the water flicker again. This time, she saw a tiny ripple. It was right near a clump of leaves with a small rocky stone floating atop. Distrusta's antenna was up. There was something about the leaves that felt different. There's something there. We should move, whispered Tula. Distrusta held up her scepter, about to command the raft to move, when she heard a voice say, You really shouldn't move, not with the scepter of Jean Lafitte. Distresta froze with the scepter in her hand and watched as the black rocky stone opened up to reveal a large dark eyeball that moved above the water to reveal an alligator. She gasped, and without stopping to think, she pointed the scepter at her raft and said, backwards. The raft began to move away from the alligator. You would be wise to stop that raft and listen to me, said the alligator in a perturbed voice. 
There was something about the tone in the alligator's voice that made distrust us stop. Maybe, just maybe, he did have something important to say. She turned the scepter towards the raft and said, Halt! The raft stopped and Distrusta looked at the alligator. That was a wise decision. I am Pierre, and my family has lived in the Barataria Swamp of Louisiana for hundreds of years. I know it very well. And let me tell you that you are in great danger moving around this swamp with the scepter of Jean Lafitte, said Pierre. Distrusta was very wary of Pierre's story and said, Jean Lafitte, who is that? In a sassy little tone. Pierre then told Distrusta and Tula the story of Jean Lafitte. He was a French pirate and privateer from hundreds of years ago. Pierre also explained that a privateer was someone who was hired by a private ship to attack another ship. It was a sort of job hundreds of years ago. Jean Lafitte and his brother Pierre were pirates and smugglers and spies throughout the course of several wars. Legend said that they had hid a treasure chest full of gold and jewels in the Barataria Swamp of Louisiana right before being attacked. No one had ever found the treasure chest. The ghosts of Jean Lafitte and his brother Pierre roamed the Barataria Swamp, keeping watch over their hidden treasure. I do believe that you are carrying the scepter from their hidden treasure chest. They will soon find out it is missing, and they will come for you, and they won't stop until they find you. They are ghosts, after all. They have nothing else to do, said Pierre. After listening to Pierre, Distrusta held up the scepter and said, I don't want this anymore. I will give it back. Pierre chuckled and said, It's not as simple as that. You must return it where you found it. Distrusta frowned. She had no idea where she had found the scepter deep in the swamp. She had just landed in the treasure chest from Goop World. I, I don't know where that is she exclaimed in a panicky voice. Well, you must find it then. Perhaps I can guide you, said Pierre. Tula was listening to everything, and something felt off to her. She whispered in Distrusta's ear as Pierre looked on. I don't trust him, she said. Distrusta's antenna went up immediately, and she looked at Pierre and said, Are you telling the truth? Pierre became a bit disgruntled. Moi? Are you accusing moi of lying? 
he said. I didn't say lying, said Distrusta, as she held up the scepter, getting ready to command her raft to move. Unseen beneath the water, Pierre began to ever so slowly move toward the tiny raft. He's coming for us, whispered Tula. Then, without warning, Pierre heaved his body from the water and lunged at the tiny raft, holding Distrusta and Tula. Chapter 4 Water splashed up on Distrusta and Tula as the tiny raft rocked back and forth. Pierre's long snout was just at the tip of the raft, and he was ready to lunge again when Distrusta pointed her scepter at the raft and said, move backwards fast. The raft began to rapidly move away from Pierre, who was swimming towards it. Pierre's short legs were paddling furiously beneath the water, and he moved very quickly. Distrusta faced forward with Tula and the scepter in hand and began to command the tiny wood raft to move throughout the swamp. Go faster, she commanded as she pointed the scepter at the raft again. The raft sped through the water with Pierre desperately trying to keep up. He could move quickly, but Distrusta was very good at commanding the raft and maneuvering the murky swamp waters. Finally, after some time of going down long, watery marsh channels, turning left and right, Distrusta felt as if they could stop for a moment and take a rest. Pierre was surely far behind them. She waited until they were in a hidden spot covered by overhanging trees and commanded the raft to stop. Tula breathed a sigh of relief. You did an amazing job of saving us, she said. Thank you, replied Distrusta. Now I just have to figure out how to get us out of this swamp and back to Goop World before Pierre catches up with us. Distrusta looked at the scepter she was holding and had an idea. She held up the scepter pointed it at herself and Tula, closed her eyes and said, take us back to Goop World. Nothing happened. Hmm, sighed Distrusta. Maybe Pierre was right about the scepter and the ghosts of Jean and Pierre Lafitte. Maybe we really do need to return it to their treasure chest suggested Tula. As soon as she said that, a gentle breeze blew up and around Distrusta and Tula, as if to say, yes, return the scepter. Distrusta's eyes grew wide and alert. Do you think that is Jean Lafitte talking to us? She asked Tula. I do, said Tula. How do you think we can find his treasure chest and return the scepter? asked Distrusta. I think 
He will show you, replied Tula. Once again, a gentle breeze blew up and surrounded them. Distrusta held up the scepter and said, Take us to the treasure chest of Jean Lafitte. The raft immediately began to move out of the hiding place and navigate through the swamp. They went down hidden channels and moved like a silent snake throughout the waters. All the while, Tula kept an eye out for Pierre. Tula, in particular, did not trust Pierre at all, and she was sure he was following them. The raft kept moving, getting closer to the treasure chest of Jean Lafitte. Finally, off in the distance, there was a glimmer of gold that sparkled in the sun. Look, that must be the treasure chest, said Distrusta, as she used the scepter to point it out. Tula looked forward, practically blinded by the shining gold. Yes, yes, that is it, she exclaimed. Then... She heard just the slightest ripple in the water behind them. Tula looked back to see a small ripple, as if someone had just gone beneath the water. Go faster! Go faster! It's Pierre! He's behind us! exclaimed Tula. Distrusta held up the scepter, crouched down on the raft to hold her balance, and said, Full speed ahead! Go full speed. The raft lurched forward, almost knocking Distrusta off. Suddenly, Pierre's snout emerged from the water behind them, and he moved furiously, chasing the tiny raft once again. The chase carried on at full speed, until finally the raft hit land with the treasure chest just yards away. Distrusta clutched Tula and ran for the treasure chest as Pierre moved out of the water and on to land. Both Distrusta and Pierre were running at full speed. Distrusta jumped into the treasure chest and holding up the scepter said, Take us back to Goop World. The chest slammed shut just as Pierre touched it with his long snout. Safe inside the chest, Distrusta and Tula were surrounded by gold treasure and a cool breeze that was Jean Lafitte. The breeze picked them up and moved them through gold coins until they found themselves back in Distrusta's bedroom with a single gold coin laying on the floor. Distrusta picked up the coin, turned to Tula and said, Can you believe this? Jean Lafitte saved us and gave us a gold coin. Tula just smiled without saying a word. Oh, Tula, I love you so. Let's go find Giggler and show him our gold coin. But Giggler was nowhere to be found. He was lost in Neverland. But that is a tale for another time. All right, 
I hope you loved going on a treasure hunt with Distrusta and Tula to Louisiana. So thank you again, Simone, for that idea. And if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, I would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review. It helps to spread the word. And I love hearing from you. You can always leave me a voicemail at gooptales.com. There's a little app there where you can just talk and leave me a voicemail. And if you want to download the coloring page that goes with today's episode, just visit gooptales.com forward slash episode 117. And now I want to thank May, Eleanor, Hadley, Nina, Krishna, Ryan, Aya, and Mordecai for sending in voice messages. I really love listening to them and they really inspire me to keep going because when I'm creating these stories, I'm in my own imagination, which I love, but I'm by myself. And I don't get to experience you listening to them. And so when you leave me feedback, it means a lot to me. And it it lets me know how the stories are landing and what you think. So please keep doing it. I really, really love hearing your sweet voices on the voice messages and your emails. And of course, your iTunes reviews. I really appreciate. Okay, remember what I said at the beginning of this episode The book is about to come out, the very first book. It's beautiful, it's fully illustrated, and there's coloring pages in the background so you can personalize it and make it all your own. So just go to gooptales.com forward slash book to make sure that you're on the announcement list. And I will see you in the next Gooptale.